there it is. The greatest advance in television since color television itself. Okay, boys, here we go. Everybody and welcome back to Not a Bomb Watches Cowboy Bebop. This is episode four, and I am one of your hosts, Brad Anderson. And with me, as always, is my favorite hard target, Troy Sauer. Troy, welcome. Ooh, I like. Finally, like four episodes in, I get a cool intro. Okay, okay, I like it. I like it. I'm in. I'm in. Did I get I get a passing grade on that one? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all okay. I'm, I'm giddy. Good. I'm excited. I like. It. How how are you, sir? Oh yeah, I'm great. I'm I'm excited to talk more cow. I'm excited to talk more Cowboy Bebop tonight because that means after we're done with this, I officially get permission to go watch the next two episodes. Um, so I'm not a binge watcher, but this is killing me because I'm I'm really dying to just tear through this thing. But I made a promise to myself, sticking to the two a week. Two a week, okay. It's difficult. Don't be breaking any rules. I'm not breaking any rules. But before we get to that, let me introduce our other hosts. Also joining us is the man who is out for justice, Sammy from the GGTFC. Sammy, Welcome. Hello, it's Gino Fellino. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I have guys. The Steven Seagal thing has really uh, become a curse. I just want to let you know that. Well, yeah. How many how many Steven Seagal uh, movie titles have made it into text this week? Ooh, uh, pretty much all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty well, proud. No, not all of them. There's not a whole lot more. Not of all. Let's just say the ones that are worth. Yeah. referencing they definitely made the it. ones that are worth mentioning have made it yes yeah so if anyone is curious why steven seagal is being spoken about on the top of our show go back and listen to our the outlaws uh, episode of our regular podcast um and you will hear some really bad impressions <laughs> and i apologize for that but you know what it's fun i make troy laugh and that just makes me so happy yeah. yes i love how I, I, as a fan of the show I love how off the cuff it just starts flowing in that episode. <laughs> we try. Hey, man. We, hey, man. <laughs> we really do. We have we stay on script and we're going through like all the details. And when we get to when you get to that point and you start talking about thoughts of the film, I don't know where it's going to go half the time, which is exciting. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know what voice Brad is always going to pull out of his hat. I, I know the voice that's coming for next week, but. We, we're doing Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. So for at least half of that show, I'm doing Christopher Lambert. Yes. Um, I'm working on my uh, James Remar, which isn't as fun, I will I will tell you. So uh, um, kind of gruff, that James Yeah, Raymar. it's a little and, – and, and I am not as baritone as I would like to be. I uh, am a little bit – my octaves are a little bit higher than I um, want to as a man. But that's okay. I You know, <laughs> I can live with it. Uh, but enough of that. Uh, we are here tonight to talk about two episodes of Cowboy Bebop. We are first talking about Session 7, which is Heavy Metal Queen, and Session 8, which is Waltz for Venus. Um, let's just get right into it, guys, shall we? Yes. Yes. Um, just a quick synopsis for Heavy Metal Queen. Um, the crew of the Bebop chases a bounty hunter named Decker, who is running a load of high explosives. While nursing a hangover at a diner, Spike meets a cargo hauler pilot named VT who hates bounty hunters but ends up lending him a hand. Troy, I will start off with you. What were your initial thoughts on Session 7? Go. I was super excited for this just because with the title Heavy Metal Queen, I just assumed we would get some heavy metal music, and we do. Uh, so I was not disappointed. It, it's it's a second tier episode for this series. I think we talked about this before. You get you get the A tier and then maybe the A minus tier or the B plus tier. And I, I think this one falls into it, but it's still a lot of fun. And I love the fact you get sort of space truckers with heavy metal music. I I really, <laughs> with, 
Now, I got to ask you guys, was it just me or Decker, the guy they're chasing? Woody Allen. Is that Woody Allen? <laughs> Woody Allen, yes. It's 100% Woody Allen. It's Woody Allen with like a dragon tattoo or snake tattoo yep. or something? Yeah. Okay. It's the pedophile with a dragon tattoo. <laughs> Who's just throwing like little the part of that millennium of series, you know? The, okay. The yeah. Pedophile with a dragon tattoo. No, I had, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, you know, the thing about this, I don't think we talk enough of, is visually how impressive this series is and how it does manage every episode to sneak something in, like space truckers. I, I wasn't expecting the space trucker thing. So um, I, that that's the thing I love about this episode is every time you walk into it, even if it's, you know, that second tier episode, it's still a lot of fun and it always manages to bring something super interesting. Yeah, agreed. Um, the aesthetic like you're talking about with the big, long spaceship that yeah. literally looks like a like a semi driving down the street or the road. And, you know, they do the breaker one nine breaker breaker one nine. The guy's name is Love Machine, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, Sammy, what were your uh, your initial thoughts on this? Um, I, I like the way this one opens quite a bit. Uh, I do like the design of the spaceships, and I like the outer space stuff quite a bit. Um, it really does look nice, and uh, it seems reasonable. It doesn't seem unreasonable. So, you know, I'm kind of used to some uh, anime that I've seen where the spaceships look ridiculous, and uh, they look great, but you don't you wonder how they would even function. Um, I enjoyed the trucker aspect of it. Uh, the metal was, uh, it was some old school metal. All right. Yeah, it, it was, was uh, <laughs> some kind of like deep purple stuff going on here. Yeah. I think my hair stood up on end with a little <laughs> hair I have. And, uh, you know, maybe I pop some eyelashes, uh, some longer eyelashes out or some uh, mascara. Maybe it was a little hair rock, a little fantasy rock. I don't know. Somewhere in between there. Certainly stuff that I'm sure Troy and me and his generation, so anybody that's in our age group, will be familiar with, I'm pretty sure. And uh, I, I I was a little, I mean, I won't get into the details because I know we'll talk more about it as we go along here a little bit, but I was a little confused at first. And I, I don't mean this to sound crass or strange, but I couldn't figure out if VT was a male or a female at first. <laughs> and, then she, and she started talking. I was like, okay. I think it's a female. Uh, but after I settled into all that, I really, honestly, she's one of my favorite secondary characters. I agree this is a second tier episode. But I did like that VT character quite a bit. And her arc was nice. Yeah. Uh, what transpires there, why we found out she doesn't, why we find out she doesn't like bounty hunters. All that stuff was really nice. I didn't see it coming. And uh, this is also... Uh, a chance for Spike to kind of be the teacher to this other young guy, which I thought I thought that character was kind of interesting too. Was his name Broco or something like That's that? That's the next episode. That's the you next episode. Oh, sorry, That's sorry, I'm getting too far ahead. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry. Yep. Sorry, my bad. That's all right. <sighs> watch them. Would you watch them together? It happens. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens, right? But uh, no, I I I enjoyed all those aspects of it, but it does. This one does chug a little bit. Does kind of slow down a little bit, and. As much as I like those characters. Oh, by the way, the sexualization of Faye, we talk about this every every episode. So it's I got kind of like it's a common theme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it but it seems amped up a little bit here in the beginning. Is your outfit some, uh, getting skinnier and skinnier with each episode? And the I, shorts are getting shorter and shorter. Yeah, yeah shorter and shorter, yes. For, yeah, okay. And her breasts might get bigger and bigger. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. It's getting larger. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, yeah, that that continues here. But uh, I enjoyed the uh, the story quite a bit. I just I don't know the action wasn't quite there. It, it was one of the, one of those episodes like I guess it was episode three. I think that wasn't that a casino episode, right? Yeah, I believe where we meet Faye. Where that one was kind of like that too. It was kind of slow in the beginning, but then it had a nice action set piece at the end. This one kind of reminded me of that quite a bit. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. Um, I think this is the maybe the first episode where it's all in space, right? I don't they don't go down to any planet or anything like that. I think it's predominantly all in space. I'm trying to think of if they travel down to. No, I don't think so. I think it's all no, in they're, space. They're, so. they're, whatever that diner is, it's like a floating oh, space diner. Yeah, but right? it's yeah, it's like a but that's like a truck stop in space. Yeah. Um. So, um. And and Sammy, I you know. I, the first time I watched this episode initially, I was a little confused about VT as well. I think that's on purpose. 
Like, I think they're trying to hide um, the fact that she is a female because it, it, it kind of goes against your trucker type. You know, you think big burly man trucker. Um, she turns out to be female, but, but also turns out to be pretty badass. Um, yeah. So I think that reveal is, I don't know if it's on purpose, but it definitely feels like it's on purpose. Um, they're holding, at least they're holding back information to, to definitely confirm um, the gender. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree with you guys. Like, I don't think this is a, episode that I would tell everyone to go out and watch. It's definitely like a fun episode. Like this is one of the funner episodes because it's space truckers, which is, you know, yeah. really nice. And again, you get all that space trucker lingo and jargon and the aesthetic of the trucks in space. Um, I, I'm still a little confused on like how they got trapped inside that mining place and why they couldn't get out. Um, but I, I do like the climax of this one with the the explosions and escaping and all that. Um, well, it, it, can can I stop you there for a sec? Okay. Okay. So we we had Zoe from the Backlook Cinema podcast on oh, a few gonna, episodes again. Do a little, yeah. Okay. And uh, I, I love Zoe. Science. I lo- yes. And he on the Titan AE episode was talking about um, what of that film was accurate versus inaccurate. And I got to tell you, he dropped some great information. I mean, that, that is, was a fun episode. But because of the information that he dropped on us, there was a there was a point in this episode where it took me out a little bit because I was thinking, wait a second, that doesn't look right. So if you remember, Zoe educated us that one of the accurate things in Titan AE is when you leave your spaceship and you're going from one spaceship to another in space, you're supposed to what, Brad? Exhale. Exhale, right? Because of whatever the science is in your lungs, you don't want it to like freeze and like implode or whatever it is. And so when Spike is leaving his spaceship to go into VT's craft, he does what? He inhales. He holds his breath. Yeah. So thank you, Zoe. You you ruined an episode of Cowboy Bebop for me. And possibly all space movies. And all space forward. movies going forward. But, you know, <laughs> again, I'll, I'll say this. I was still having fun with that segment and how they are going to get out of it uh, and, and sort of their solution because it turns into a little bit of a disaster episode. Um, and, and I still had fun with it. And even though in the back of my head I'm going, well, Zoe said you're supposed to <laughs> exhale, not hold your breath. It, it still worked for me. I mean, I, I liked I liked the whole premise of him starting to kind of float away. He has to use his gun to redirect himself. I mean, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I like the uh, the prairie oyster. Oh yeah, yeah. For your hangover. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know why I like that. I think I just like the title of that drink. Uh, I like Spike a lot in this episode. He's very likable. It seems very down to earth in this episode. He's hungover. He doesn't want anything to do with it. By the way, we got to just we got to comment on Spike's walk. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but he's no, we this, have not talked. Yes, let's go we ahead. Got this perpetual like I don't know what what angle that is, but <laughs> he's got this perpetual cool angle where he kind of leans over just a little. Yeah. yeah, he's always got his hands in his pockets. You know, he seems like a uh, a guy who wouldn't be dangerous, but we do get to see a lot of his physical skills here again, and I always like that. I like when they the, those just kind of come out of nowhere. Okay, so a prairie oyster. Does anyone know the ingredients to a prairie oyster? Uh, there was an egg in Tabasco yes. sauce, right? Raw, raw egg yolk. Yeah. Uh, gin. Okay. Hot sauce and pepper. Has anybody tried this? No. Are you serious? I want. No. I want to try it now when I have a hangover. Okay, so what, we'll just get you blackout drunk, and then the next day we'll make you a prairie oyster and see what happens. See if you don't violently throw up everywhere. Uh, okay. <laughs> Challenge, challenge, challenge accepted. accepted. Okay, <laughs> I would imagine you mix that yolk up with that gin and everything. I imagine, yeah, I don't like gin, so I don't know. I could see. I I feel like it would get rid of a hangover very quickly. Now I don't know what it would replace with, but the hangover would be gone. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I I I try it. I try it. Sure. Yeah, it's better than a Kentucky oyster. I can tell you that. <laughs> oh my God! The, <laughs> don't, don't, don't ask him. The, don't also, don't are, ask AKA, him. Aren't they Rocky Mountain oysters too? Are they the yeah, same thing? Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so one of the uh, aspects of this um, 
episode is Faye is stalking the uh, the one guy she thinks is Decker. Decker, by the way, which I'm assuming is a reference to some movie called Blade Runner. I'm assuming, you know, probably. I don't know. I'm going to take it that way. Um, And, uh, you know, this big guy with this tattoo that she thinks is a dragon that ends up not being a dragon. I didn't I don't really know what it is. I think it's an eel, right? Was it a baby eel or something? Eel, Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then she (laughs) then she notices a guy leaving Woody Allen, by the way. is it and, is it Woody uh, Allen crossed with a little bit of Rudger Hauer? He had a little bit of Rudger Hauer with yeah. him. So if Rudger Hauer yeah. or Woody Allen had a baby, that's what this guy would look like. So I also made a note that the children's like themed restaurant is called Woody's. Oh, yeah. They, well, then <laughs> probably more Woody Allen than anything. Yeah. 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 But um, I, I still think Rudger, Allard, Rudger Hauer's genes are in there. Yeah, that's mean to Rudger Hauer, RIP. But yeah. I don't want to say Rudger Hauer, Woody Allen in the same sentence. Um, anyway, but, um, yeah, I, I, you know, this is another episode where we're seeing Faye kind of used more than she's becoming more of the, a part of the team, which, uh, I like, um, that's the note I wrote. Yeah. Yeah. So the team is starting to kind of formulate in definitely next episode. We'll talk about that, but they are definitely starting to work together more. Um, and they're becoming more of a team. I this is one of the episodes that I wish was just a tad bit better because I think the premise is good and VT is such a good character. Um, you know, her husband, you know, the revelation on why she hates bounty hunters and all this stuff like that is a nice payoff. I just I don't know wh- why this episode doesn't click with me as much as the rest of um, what we've watched so far. You know, we have the truckers that are named love machine and sneaky snake. And I believe the other one is spider Mike. So, uh, we're gonna have to figure out which one of those we are and then, um, go from there. Well, I I, I would, I would assume Sammy's love machine. He has to be, that's, that's a no brainer. Troy, are you spider Mike? Of course. Okay. So I'm sneaky snake. Okay. All right. I think, I think it's interesting what you bring up. I think one of the reasons why we might, these second tier episodes I've noticed, they seem to lack a little bit of style, a little bit of uh, a little bit of pop. I, I don't, I don't know. I, there's something. It just seems like straight up animation a little bit to me, a bit more on these ones that seem second tier to me. Well, the the villain, like the the Decker character, is really not that interesting. That's the same problem I had with episode three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, like yes, the explosions are cool, and there is some really cool animated parts where, you know, the uh, spikes, you know, spaceship is in pieces and jet or in, in jet blacks, putting it back together and phase, you know, spaceship is all broken. Um, but besides that, like, I just don't find Decker interesting at all. Um, besides the fact that he looks like Woody Allen, that's about as much as we can really say about him. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think the focus. So I, I find that, and it's kind of like episode three. I think this series so far has these episodes where it does a little bit of world building. So that's when you get the whole space truckers and everything else. So it's fun because that one is called Honky Tonk Woman and this is Heavy Metal Queen. So I don't know. Maybe there's. Yeah. I, I, if it's got a female in it, maybe we just don't like it. <laughs> well, but it, it does something or it tries to do something different where instead of having an episode where you have this eccentric villain. And you get, you know, 30 minutes of what seems I, I like your your idea, Sammy, of style, a great villain, something unique. You get these episodes where, OK, it's not about the villain. It's usually about a side character. There's some world building and there there appears to be a little bit more relationship between the group. And the one thing that sticks out for me in this episode more than anything outside of they have a space cat, which I like, um, they it's Faye. To me, this is the episode where all of a sudden I, I feel like, okay, Faye is part of the team. She's a great character. I'm starting to see more of her personality come out versus being objectified in some of the previous episodes. It it feels like her personality and her identity is coming out a lot more in this episode now. Yeah. I agree with you on that too. I think Faye is quickly and not for the reasons you think. <laughs> She's quickly becoming some of my favorite parts of every episode. 
Yes. I, she's my favorite thing in this episode. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if I don't end up wearing a face shirt at some point. Oh, Sammy. <laughs> I'm going gonna... to. I just have to make sure uh, the handcuffs are on the back. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, my shirt, my t shirt, I'm still looking for a good Ein t shirt. So. <laughs> Well, Ayn and Faye. There you go. Yeah. Oh, hey. Yeah. Well, what now a, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah. What a, what of my notes was this episode is going to be difficult to talk about for a long period of time because I feel like it doesn't have a lot of meat on the bones. Yeah. It doesn't. I, well, I maybe. I'll say this. for the, the, Again, the impressive thing about this series is even the second tier episodes always, um, I, I don't know, bring me into the world. There's something I always like about it. And even, you know, I, I agree with you guys. This is the equivalent to episode three. And while episode three didn't wow me, this one didn't wow me. I still walked away and went, oh, there, there is more to this series after watching the episode. It wasn't a throwaway episode, which, I mean, if you think about it, that's what, seven episodes in. And I feel like if you were to remove one of these episodes, it might feel incomplete. And I think that's something unique for a TV series because I can name just a ton of TV series that if you removed an episode, you wouldn't know it. Whereas this one, it it's it feels organic, like the relationships are growing. Even though there's no overarching story per se, you still feel like it's going somewhere. Yeah, it, it, I don't want to say because we can't talk a whole lot about it, like this isn't a good episode. I think this is <clears throat> like a good episode, just not great. Yeah. 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 I still think it's better than, uh, I think still the episode three is still my least favorite episode. I still, I still think it's better than that. Yes. I, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. But because the BT character it, is, is nice. Like it's, yeah. a, that's a good character, but it is interesting, you know, cause I didn't even put together that I didn't like the villain in episode three and I didn't really like the villain here. Uh, and maybe that is it. Maybe, you know, I've, I've talked about this with films over the years. You know, your your heroes are only as good as your as your villain, really. Yeah. If your villain's not interesting, then your hero's not going to be interesting most of the time either. So maybe Spike and you know Jet Black and Faye and Ayn, they have to have that solid villain. There should have been a cat dog fight here. Ooh, yes, <laughs> Zeros, Zeros the cat. Yeah, should have yeah. been Kung Fu as well. That would have been Ooh. amazing. <laughs> uh, you know. I, and if you think about this as a series, um, which it is, um, you know, you, you kind of hit that stride with four, five, and six. And maybe you kind of need to take your foot off the gas a little bit in episode seven because, you know, you kind of got to rev it back up again if you want to use the the trucking metaphor. Mm. It be, it's a lot if, like, you're going at maximum speed for that many episodes. You kind of got to kind of pull back just a little bit and do something different. Um to make those other episodes stand out a little bit more, you know, like in, in TV, you, you kind of need those ebbs and flows. Um, you do at the time because it, it kind of, it, it, it just helps. It helps, um, yeah. you know, let things breathe a little bit. Um, you know, if vicious came back in this episode, like it would feel weird um, or anything like that. So I, I think you need episodes like this in a series. Yeah. yeah. But I, I can't stress this enough. Even, even though this isn't an episode five, Again, it still adds contextually to this sort of jazz piece that this series is building together. So oh, I would still say this is like an eight out of ten episode. Like, oh it's yeah, still like yeah, not, like, yeah. And I I love the fact that um, every time I walk into one of these episodes of the series, I'm constantly surprised. So I I never know what I'm getting, and and that's the thing that I love about this thing. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Okay. Uh, anything else we want to talk about before we move on to episode for uh, session eight? No, again, I won't, I won't give it away, but I mean, I, there is a really nice punchline to this episode, and uh, I agree with you, Brad. It's probably an eight out of ten. Like these are ranking out ten. I mean, it's we're, we. It sounds like we're kind of being kind of downtrodden on this a little bit, but the truth is, this is still a really solid episode of a twenty-minute television show. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah, uh, like if if it was on TV right now, I would be like, oh, I'm I'll just watch it again. Like it's totally fine to sit back and, and watch again. Oh, I agree. And you know, eight episodes or seven episodes into this, won't say eight yet, right? Uh, seven episodes into this, I gotta say, it's been a really strong seven episodes, and not a lot of TV shows 
can pull can string together seven great episodes. So that that's that's an impressive feat. Hundred percent agree. Can it go eight for eight? We'll find out. We will <laughs> right now. So Waltz for Venus session eight. Um, while the crew hunts down a mobster, Spike meets Rocco, who was who is on the run from the same mob the crew is tracking for stealing a very rare and valuable plant, which he plans to sell to pay for surgery to restore his sister's eyesight. Um, now this episode. Um, I will start with Sammy, and I think we have a little bit more to talk about. So, Sammy, go right ahead. So, I like this episode quite a bit. Um, I like the Rocco character. I love the lunacy of that character and the idea of Spike as a teacher. But what I really like about this episode, this really shows the humanity of Spike quite a bit, this episode. Now I'm starting to care even more about Spike again. Not that Faye isn't great. She's great in the episode again. She's not in it. She doesn't seem, I can't remember any, well, maybe there was some sexualization in here. I'm sure there was. And I probably just ignored it at that point, but. There was, she walks into like that bar, like that. It looks more like an opium den a little bit. (laughs) It's all red. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed the, teacher student element of this i think anybody that likes uh, asian cinema or asian culture or even american films really you know the the mentor student relationship is something we all can kind of identify with but i like that spike's kind of like this uh, he doesn't really want to do it but he finds a way to do it and he kind of opens himself up here he kind of opens himself up to uh he basically shows weakness in this episode and I always like when a hero does that because otherwise he he's kind of been one note a lot of the way through the show. And I've liked that note. Like it's a it's like Guy Ritchie films. OK, you know, I like Guy Ritchie movies when they're Guy Ritchie movies, when they're anything else, when he's trying to not be Guy Ritchie. I don't like them. Um, that's just me. Um, but I like that Spike kind of changes here. And I was surprised by that. I was surprised how caught up I got in this one. And this one has quite the, uh, in my opinion, I don't know if it's one of my, I think it is one of my favorite episodes. It doesn't feel as action-packed, but it, it, it has maybe the most emotional impact of any of the episodes that I've seen. Maybe only five can compare emotionally. And I think that's because I was kind of caught up in the stylization of the fight in five and, and my love of Hong Kong cinema. But yeah, I really enjoyed this episode quite a bit. Uh, Troy, you go ahead. They finally caught somebody. I was so excited yeah, they about paid. that. They, got, they paid. got paid. They caught somebody. I, I really like that the episode starts out with, uh, because all of these episodes so far, you know, they're bounty hunters and there's always something that happens at the end where the quarry gets away or they have to make a choice and it, it never pays off for them. But the episode starts with them catching somebody, getting paid, I mean, I, I mean, I, I love Well, that it starts with a terrorist attack. It starts with a terrorist attack that they kind of foil. Um, yeah. And it, it's it's a great setup. I'll I'll say this. I still think it's second tier. It, mm. it didn't hit me. And, and that's not a bad thing. Differing it, opinions yeah. on not a bomb. Okay, yeah. go ahead. I, I would say it's it's still like an eight out of ten. Um, I like the character development. I like where the story goes. I like, I really like Rocco. Um, I like how Spike is lecturing Rocco on stillness and fluidity. And like you said, Sammy, you get a very Bruce Lee water speech, but I, I think it's, I think it's verbatim. Bruce Lee's probably verbatim. Yes. Um, but what I really like about that is in the background, you have Faye who's direct and tearing everything up. And again, it's another episode where you're starting to see Faye definitely cement her position within the team. And I love the fact that she is a, you know, really on the opposite spectrum of spike in terms of how she is going to accomplish things. And I, I really think that is where the chemistry really works between this team. You you've got um, Jet Black, who's sort of the level-headed calmness. 
Spike is, you know, on the other opposite scale of calmness where he's super calm. And then you've got, you know, Faye, which is, you know, a, a bull in a China shop. And I love that aspect of it. So I love that all these characters have these distinct personalities and they're true to it. It's authentic. And, and I still, I love the fact they're giving Faye more things to do. Uh, and, and I really enjoyed it, but again, I did not walk away from this the way that I did with maybe five, uh, and just go, Oh my gosh, that just knocked my socks off. I really like this episode, but it's, it kind of sits in between first tier and second tier for me. It's like the top of the second tier, but it, it just, there's <laughs> something missing where it just didn't go into that first tier. It's tier 1.5. It's tier <laughs> 1.5. Yeah. Yeah. Or tier, tier one with a bullet point. Yeah, because I, I, on my notes, I've been going through and like putting a little asterisk on the episodes where I go, "Hey, this is top tier," and for me, it's like episode one's top tier, uh, and and episode four I think is amazing, and episode five I think is amazing, and everything else is great, and this one kind of sits in between, yeah, that that first and second mm. tier. I can understand that, but I, I I like, I think this one just this one has more emotional impact. I just think the the, the ending is poetic. There's a nice kind of cabumpets of a character. There's a nice, I don't know. I've, this one felt very rewarding. Yes, I 100% agree with that. I think yeah. the payoff at the end and the character development that you get with Spike as a bounty hunter, we learn that that plant is worth 10 times more than Rocco's um, bounty. And Spike could leave with that plant and make off with it and be totally fine. We are starting to learn that Spike as a bounty hunter is, is pretty bad at being a bounty hunter because he has all these opportunities to make money, but he kind of is a good person caught in a bad industry. If, if you kind of know what I'm saying, Um, he's got a good heart and he's a good person. Um, You know, we'll probably learn more about his past and things like that, but he, it, it just seems like he is a good person. Um, even with his like, you know, tension sometimes he has with Jet and you know the the weird brother sensor tension he kind of has with Faye, um, you can kind of tell that that that's coming from a spot that like he cares about these people and I think he is a character that cares for other people and I think that's important because he he's not a vicious killer so when he does kill like in um, episode five when the guy's like hey put down your gun and he just shoots the guy right in the head. Like that moment means something because we know that at that moment, Spike's taking no prisoners. He doesn't care. Um, here you see a totally different side to him. Um, and that sister character, Stella, I mean, it, that really pays off for me at the end. Um, I'm going to say a movie and see if you guys re- like recognize maybe what I'm talking about. But do you guys know on Dangerous Ground, the – Neo, the noir film from I think it's fifty one. It's Nicholas Ray. Yeah, that's this. That's this episode. Um, so I think that to me might be one of the reasons why I really like this um, episode quite a bit. Um, I had a moment where I thought you were going to say on deadly ground. Ooh, oh, no, not, we're not we're not doing this again. Okay, keep going. Yeah. No. Uh, so you got to leave the polar bears alone, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> Jeez can't go an episode without a Steven Skull reference, can we? <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I definitely think as a character and even like everyone is coming together as a team. Um, and I think that beginning really pays off for us to see that, Hey, they're coming apart as a team and they just made 1.5 million Wulongs like at the beginning of this episode. Like we haven't seen them successfully do that. And in this one, they just do it in the first five minutes of the episode. Um, Kind of an important part of this is this is the other episode that uh, was delayed because of September 11th, because the terrorists are hijacking an airplane. Yeah. Um, So they thought, yeah, let's, uh, let's not have that come out. I believe this was supposed to come out like September 18th or something like that. So they said, now let's bad time. Yeah. It came out in December. Of 2001. So yeah, I was texting with you guys uh, behind the scenes. I'm watching a 9/11 documentary. I think I told you guys I was watching something that was ripping me apart. Is and, that the uh, Apple Plus one? 
No, not the Apple Plus one. That's a War Room one. This one uh, is on. Uh, it's on Hulu, but it's a National Geographic one. So I, I don't. They must have opened up the floodgates because I saw that yeah, one, the one on Apple ago. Plus, and yeah. then I saw that uh, Netflix has one as well. So nine eleven is pretty hot right now. Yeah, yeah, that's a profoundly uh, strange thing to say. Oh, yes. The uh, the one I'm watching is the National Geographic one, and it does a lot of the footage down on the ground, uh, which is really quite disturbing. And uh, to the point to where I was having trouble sleeping. So I was uh, like, eh, I'm going to watch episode seven. I'm going to watch episode eight. And then when I watched episode eight, I was like, wow, I just cannot escape this uh, air terrorism, can I? So it was, uh, it was interesting, uh, the timing of that. And it's interesting that you bring that up uh, because uh, that's, it's just, it's just a weird bit of coincidence, right? It's just a strange thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, if anything, episode eight shows you how much film noir influences this entire series. And, and, I, and it's one of my favorite things about it. But again, eight episodes in, they buck the trend or even the narrative that they had set a few times. So th- it's a surprise. Every episode is going to be a little bit different. There's an entire surprise to it. And, and here's here's why I'm really enjoying these characters is because the more that I see Faye being direct and sort of bullish in her own person and, you know, she takes the money and goes gamble and goes to gamble. I mean, she's just doing her own thing and she's got this very sort of brash, bold, distinct personality where she walks into the room and you know, she's there. And spike is this calm, cool collective guy that everything that he's trying to teach Rocco, he is, What's crazy to me is I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, uh, Angel, my daughter, is so much Faye. <laughs> and I know I know you guys have met her. I mean, that that's her personality. <laughs> and then Cameron is so much Spike because if you watch them walk into a room, they do exactly – they handle things, you know, the exact way that – Faye and Spike does. So I'm, I'm starting to see more and more of my kids in these characters uh, than anything. And, and, and that probably from a subjective perspective is why this, this whole series eight episodes in is sort it's just climbing this ladder of like favorite TV series for me. But it's, it's interesting because I'm looking at those two characters and I go, I, I think I live with those two characters. It's psychological to all this. And then now it all kind of makes sense why Brad called you Jet Black because Jet Black's kind of the father figure of these two. <laughs> yeah I, it's kind of like i you know you nailed it you didn't you yeah <laughs> I'll, like, I'll accept your apology now or I, you can just send it to me in letter form that's fine i am 100 percent sorry about that yes, you're kind of like he knew all along i yeah. guess somebody's seen this show before <laughs> this also has one of the most disturbing things i've ever seen in the entire world oh. and it is rocco going to the bathroom in a wall full of stalls and he walks up and pees right next to the other guy, not a buffer stall in between them. And look, so, look, that's have you, have you never you never pissed in one of those a trough? You never done that before? It's not a trough. There's stalls on the wall, but he yeah. walks up right next to the guy, and yeah. there's a there's no one else in the bathroom. So yeah. there, we know no as need. gentlemen, we know yes. that is a that is a foul. It's a buffer. Yeah, all you, you need to do is leave a buffer. You don't um, do that. Even even if I'm in a room with all three of you. If if we have to share the toilets, I'm leaving. The, I'm leaving the area. I'll, yeah. I'll just wait, dudes. Yeah. I, look, if it's if you're at a baseball game and they're all stalls are filled up, that's fine. But yeah. if you're if you're two people in a bathroom, they should not be within yeah. any close proximity to each other. I remember as a kid going to the fair or going to Kings Island. This is a local reference here. Uh, and they'd always have those huge bathtubs in the men's room. Yeah, they just and, the trough. And every, it's just yeah, like and everybody just stood there and pissed. Yep. And it used to be so intimidating as a young kid to go in there, and all these grown-ups who have been drinking beer all day are just pissing all over the place. Yeah, and so you're like, <laughs> I, I'll I'll share. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah, sharing time. So the that scene, and you know this story, Brad. I think you know this story too, Sammy, because it happened in Louisville. At a convention. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but our good friend Charlie and I, we had just gone to see uh, what was the film that he worked on um, oh, with yeah. uh, Al Snow or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I forget what it was. But he Al- was working for Video Bread or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So we go to this premiere and then we are going to the premiere party 
which happened to be in the restaurant bar across from the convention. Hey, what does everyone want? Head. Sorry. Right. <laughs> so, so so we go into the bathroom and it's one of those where it has like the little lobby area before you go into the stalls. And there's, there's a wall of stalls of like 15 of these things. And it's set up just like it is in this series. And so our good friend, Charlie, who's like, what, what is, was he? Six, five, six, 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 nine. Oh, six, six, nine. Okay. Uh, he's, yeah. He's a giant. Okay. Yeah, six, six, five, six, oh, five doesn't do him justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is, uh, no, you're right. Because I remember him running into one of those, uh, garage yeah. things where it said you have to be six, eight or something. And he hit it. Yeah. And, okay. He's one of those gentlemen that's so big or so tall, I should say. And Charlie, I, I haven't talked to you in a long time, but if you're listening, you know what I mean? It's awkward giving him the bro hug. Because you realize your face is like buried in his chest. You you feel like a hobbit that you're going to hey, you, go to a mountain and throw a ring like in. Fight, you feel like that scene in Fight Club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you really do. So anyways, <laughs> we, we go to the stalls and, and we leave. We do the bro thing. And there's a clear like eight stalls between us, right? And we're the only ones in the bathroom. And then all of a sudden the door just, boom, pops in. And here comes this big biker looking dude. And what he does is he goes... <laughs> He goes right up to Charlie and you know how kids in kindergarten, when they would go to these stalls, they would drop their pants around full their ankles, trial, full trial down. Yeah. It just, so he drops his pants and he starts shuffling up to the urinal and starts peeing next to Charlie. And, mm. um, he's almost as tall as Charlie. Charlie's just a little bit taller than him. And he starts going, Oh my God, you're tall. And of course, as he's peeing and Charlie's peeing, and then he looks at me and he goes, man, your buddy's so tall. And at that point I'm like, zip. This guy's going to murder us. I'm out. So I'm waiting in the little lobby area, washing my hands. I'm like, come on, Charlie, come on. We got to get out of here. And then boom, the door opens again. And it's this big biker guy. And I'm like, okay, well, Charlie's dead. And so he comes up and he's, he's like, oh yeah, he's just slurred and everything else. And man, your guy's so tall and blah, blah, blah. What are you guys here for? And I'm like, oh yeah, movie convention, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, awesome. Well, let's go to the bar. And he just grabs me. He literally just grabs me. And he's, like I said, almost just, I'm going wherever this guy's going. And so we go into the bar and, uh, some other guy like walks up to us and, and, um, he's like, Don, where you been? We got shots and da da da. And then it hits me, the guy standing in front of me. I'm like, you're, you're Lamar. You're, you're Lamar from revenge of the nerds. And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Larry B Scott, da da da. And then I look up and it's, and it's Don Gibb ogre. Who's got a hold of me. Now, Charlie's still nowhere to be sight. So he's probably murdered in the bathroom. But every time when I saw <laughs> this, that guy just walk into that stall, I'm like, oh, that was the Don Gibb Charlie incident. That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> yeah. Charlie made it out okay. Let's he's he, he did not die that day. He was. We got drunk with the whole cast of Revenge of the Nerds that night and it was yeah, there's, uh, there's uh if anybody follows you on social media, there's probably some I think there's pictures of that out there. There are pictures. It was um Larry B. Scott, Don Gibb. Curtis Armstrong. We we were all doing shots all night. And I think there's a picture of Don Gibb and I closing the bar down at three or four in the morning. And then the next morning when we ran into him in the lobby, Don and Larry, they're like, we're going to Fourth Street tonight. You're coming with us. And I'm like, no way in hell am I going out with you guys. I can barely see straight. But I don't know how you do it. Like Troy, you are you're not significantly older than me, but you're older than me. I've never seen an individual be able to drink and then get up the next day and be so happy. I hate it. I hate it about you. Hate it. Wow. I'm like, no, stop, stop, stop being happy. I feel like, I feel like asshole right now. Stop. I, I like to have fun. Yeah. 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 So anyway, um, where were we? Uh, uh, Don Gibb urinal. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I, yeah, there's all kinds of, uh, for the record, I won't give it away on here. I'll tell about it another time, but there's all kinds of stars at conventions, bathroom stories. Star, stars <laughs> is a nice way to put it. Yes, stars. Yeah. Um, X-stars, maybe. Yeah. 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 I, another scene I thought was handled, actually, the opposite of the bathroom scene was, there's like a gay scene in this show, um, and Faye walks in on, on two men, and I was... The first time I watched this, I was like, okay, she's going to like be grossed out or she's going to say something or anything like that. And literally it's like nothing. Like yeah. she goes in there, there's two guys and like the show doesn't like, you know, make any sort of social commentary on it or anything. And it just leaves it at that and goes. And it's natural. Like, okay. Yeah. It's like, okay. It's just, yeah. 
good job, 1998. Good job. Like <laughs> that's very progressive for almost, yeah, well, you know, 23 years ago. We've so come a, come a long way since the, what is it? The blue oyster and police Academy. Yeah. Well, speaking of like, you know, revenge of the nerds and stuff like that, like all that stuff from, you know, eighties and nineties. I mean, it was, yeah. you're just waiting for the, the gay slur to come out or her to like be grossed out and, and say something, but she doesn't. It's so subtle. It's yeah. so subtle. And you know, I'm a person who, uh, Obviously, that doesn't bother me at all. It's so subtle that I had to go back and look at it and say, was that two male characters? Because I don't know. No, nothing was said. And I was surprised. I don't know why I was surprised, but I, I guess because of the age of the show, I was surprised something wasn't said. But I was like, oh, wait, they handled that nicely. I mean, they like they handle it so nicely that they really don't handle it, which I think is like the best way to do it. You well, just don't call attention to it. And that's that. And it's, it's a mature show. Again, I'm not like saying like, Oh, this is like the greatest thing I've ever seen, but it, it just, it's one of those things that you look back on. And you're like, that's how you like, it's just two people together. Who cares? Yeah. Um, so I handled it like Don Gibb handled Troy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they were a little bit more affectionate and not as rough as Don Gibb was with me. Yeah. So, you know, teach his own. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying I didn't like it. It was <laughs> yeah, a lot of smiles in those pictures. There's a lot of yeah. smiles. Uh, can, uh, can we talk about some of the science? Science. Go ahead. Okay, Bill Nye, let's go. Yes, the science. So, uh, this is, and I've talked about this when we did the whole sci fi animated thing for the month, but I always like when they take a little bit of science and the fiction aspect of it. And it just makes sense, even though that scientifically that's probably not how it works, but I like how they get on Venus and all of a sudden spikes voice because of helium and everything that's in the air, all of a sudden it's high pitched. And in order to talk normally, you have to take these little pills. Um, so it's, it's those little bits of science fiction within the series that I just really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have some trivia for this episode. Do you guys want to hear some? Oh, yeah. So the head bad guy, the guy, uh, the black gentleman with the purple sunglasses, mm -hmm. he was modeled after Christopher Wallace, a.k.a. Notorious B.I.G., um, which I found that very interesting. And the criminals that are hijacking the plane, their names are Huey, Dewey, and Louie. <laughs> I saw that. So, I saw that, yeah. Yeah. Which I is wondered if, if uh, I wondered if you know. Obviously, that's an, I know what that inside joke is, but I wonder if that's why it was so easy for them to be caught. I don't know. I, like I wish I could do a Donald Duck voice, but I can't, so I'm not even going to try. I used to I be can. able to. Yeah, I can, but I'm not going to try. I'd have to. <laughs> I'd have to warm up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. Good job. It was not me. That was Troy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did you like Spike's, uh, what was it, his, I don't know, eye cover thing on the plane, but it had painted eyes <laughs> I, on there? I yeah. Yes. Was, I thought it was funny. I don't know why I thought it was funny. It, well, it, no, I mean, this thing has a lot of good comedic elements to it that's just not in your face. I mean, I, I like slapstick comedy, and I think this has elements of it during certain episodes, but what I always like is there's just this underlying humor that pops up here and there. So, yeah. um, you know, I... I, I just appreciate how lighthearted this can be, but then also, how do I say this? Like it has that film noir element to it. And I'm always amazed at the writing and even the direction of the episode, how they balance that so well. So you, you get that opening sequence, you get comedy throughout the whole thing, especially as Faye is on, you know, a rampage trying to hunt down these guys. And she's on a bender too. Yeah. And so gambling and all that. Yeah, and I, I love the comedic elements and how well it balances with this film noir, very tragic story, and it, and it works like it it doesn't feel out of place and it doesn't feel like you are changing gears and and um, it takes you out yeah, those, of the episode. Those tonal shifts can be hard to do. Yeah, and and the tonal shifts in this are just handled brilliantly. Yeah, I agree. I agree with all that. Hey, I don't really. I mean. For me, I, I don't know why I got caught up in the emotions of the stuff at the end, but it just, I don't know, it worked. I just, I liked it. It's almost like Spike has this almost like, uh, you know, over at our show, we call it almost like the Wild Bunch moment, right? Where he, he has this moment where he's just, I know this is the wrong decision, but I'm going to make this decision because it's the right decision morally. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I agree with you, Sammy. Like the, the emotional part of this episode still speaks to me after watching it yeah. four or five times. Yeah. I mean, we all like to think, I think, I believe 
that we would make the right decision at the right moment, but we obviously all don't know that. And when the stakes are high, um, you know, it seems like Spike made the most humane and interesting choice here. It wasn't the smartest choice, but uh, I think uh, at least not for business. But it, it was a, it really kind of got me caught up in his character quite a bit. And uh, I really like that. I, I like the fact Faye and Jet, I mean, there's no animosity or conflict as a result of the choices that spike. I mean, the way they approach a problem is entirely different. But at the end of the day, where they all end up, there just seems to be an agreement, which then sort of highlights how good these characters are across the board. Like they they just make a good team because they're all on the same page at the end of the day. They, they just yeah. get there differently. Yeah. Spay could, Faye could really spoil her character if at the end of this episode she's, you know, nagging Spike about, you know, the choice that he made, but she doesn't. Yeah. Um, thankfully, because, you know, that would have destroyed the character at that moment, but uh, they don't make, they don't do that. Neither does Jet. So, no, I agree with you there. Yeah. It's good stuff. <laughs> I, I mean, for me, yeah, I mean, I know Troy calls it a tier two episode and I, and I understand his angle, but I, I think this is a top tier episode. I agree with Sammy. So Troy is wrong. He is the uh, the young child pissing in the trough. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anything, anything uh, any parting thoughts we have for uh, Waltz for Venus? It's what it's, is someone? What is someone who is native to Venus called? Are they Phoenician? Venetian? 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 Isn't Venetian yeah. Venetian's a blonde though, isn't it? Yeah. So, or it's a window Venusia. covering made on Venus. Venusia. Venusia. Okay. That's true. We don't know. Okay. We don't know. There might be know. people living on Venus, and they're like they we have. Need, yeah, it's however they identify Earthian. themselves. Yeah, they have Earthian blondes or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I look. I, I have to go to the Home Depot to get the Earthian blinds. Okay. I'm excited this episode for you guys. Just re- and and again. I love it. Whereas the uh, episode seven was maybe eight. I'd probably put this at an 8.59. Whereas the other ones I talked about are pure tens. So I, to me, it just so far, no episode, in my opinion, even three, like you said, Sammy, which is on the bottom end, it still doesn't dip below an eight. So yeah. this, this for me is like a 1.5 because the only thing that it's missing for me is that visual punch that the best episodes have. This has all the story, the character arcs. Uh, I mean, ev- the the great balance between a heavy subject matter with some comedic touches to it, and it doesn't feel awkward. It has all of those elements, but it's missing the wow visuals, in my opinion, which doesn't make it a 10. It probably makes it a nine. So it just, for me, it sits in between there because it's just missing that one element that's that some of these other episodes for me have just been perfect, you know, perfection. Understood. Yeah. I, and we didn't even mention like the shootout part of the action part of this one is, is pretty good as well. Um, again, we get really solid gunplay in this episode and you know, it's got the part where he, the Rocco like has like this moment where he like succeeds in something and spike is proud of him. And then like that bullet goes through him and, you're immediately like, oh man, like the swings on this episode are pretty big because like yeah. you're you're so happy for him then, and they like zoom in and that bullet just comes out his chest, and you're just like, you know, right then and there that he's done for. Um, and his his death is like really earned, and it means something, um, especially knowing how what he means to Stella as well. And then we learn like Stella's never seen him her whole life, yeah. so even then it's it's. It's pretty tragic. Um, I, I like that. I do really like that visual, though. To kind of go back to what Troy was saying of the, the you know, the seeds or the pollen or whatever. It's like rain and and the kind of like I said, the poet, the poetry of that. You know, he gave all this up. Now everybody can have it. I, I, I don't know. It just it's a good episode. I can see why Brad's watched the show several times. Let's put it that. Way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, let's, let's not mention Faye saves the day. I love the fact that she's in this big gunship pointing that gun at the main guy where he's got yeah. that little pistol. I mean, that's a that's fantastic. Quickly becoming my favorite character of the show. Yeah, she is. She's she's <laughs> fantastic. I mean, Spike is cool, but yeah. I I don't know. I can't see. Ina is still my favorite. Sorry. <laughs> Faye, Faye has her moments coming up, too. So um, anyway, 
So yeah, so those are our thoughts on episode seven and eight. For next week, we have session nine, which is jamming with Edward. Oh, and then episode ten with its Gamamede elegy, elegy. So um, I am very fascinated on what you guys think. I can't believe we're like getting ready to do nine and ten. Like the episodes are going by so fast. I was when Sammy like texted us and say, Hey, I'm getting ready to watch episode eight. I got to thinking like, Oh man, like we're almost like a third of the way done. So, you know, we've, we're chugging through these, but, uh, again, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I just want to sit down and watch a ton of these, but I, Hey, I, like I said at the beginning, it, it is, it's been a long time since I've run across a TV show that I've wanted to binge. But, and I think you said this early on, Sammy, I love the fact that we're watching two and we're sitting on it a little bit and thinking about it and talking about it because it's making me appreciate this series more. Not that I wouldn't appreciate if I were to watch, you know, 10 a day, but I got to tell you, having to, even going back and watching them a couple of times, because, you know, 20 some odd minutes, you can do that. But I, I love the fact that, you know, you can just sort of take it in and, uh, really appreciate it and dissect it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, so Sammy, do you want to give the listeners a little quick synopsis of what you do over at the GGTMC? Uh, yeah, we talk about boobies and stuff. <laughs> now we, uh, the gentleman's got to midnight cinema. We've been doing it for 13 years this month. Wow. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> Happy anniversary, man. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? Uh, it's coming up. Yeah, 13th year anniversary is coming up. How many episodes have you missed? Uh, you know what? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I missed, I missed a few. Okay. I was going to say there was I, a string you were working a lot, right? And you working were, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's when I kind of disconnected from everybody. Cause I was just working so much and it really took me down a dark path. <laughs> I would say that was probably my midlife crisis and I didn't even know it. <laughs> um, but anyway, I came out the other end and everything's good. Uh, but uh, I've been on several hundred episodes uh, that I can say for a fact. And uh, you can find us over at uh, anchor.fm slash ggtmc or the ggtmc.blogspot.com or just anywhere. You can pretty much put Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema in Google and you'll find us out there somewhere. Yeah. And, and we, we appreciate the people who you have brought over to our show as well. Um, yeah. I know they have been pretty loyal to our show. Um, so we appreciate Anyone who was a fan of yours, who was kind of branched over to our show and stuff like that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I love the, partici- you know, I love the participation. I mean, the thing that I've always liked about the, the gentleman's guide is if you go to Facebook and there's a GGTMC page and I've been on there for years and I, I love the fact that you have like-minded people talking about stuff and it doesn't get too crazy. I mean, every once in a while somebody pops up and we got to, you know, yeah. kind of gotta kick, gotta kick them out Sandwich talk. Yeah, but for the for the most part, every, I love everybody sharing the films that they buy. I love everybody kind of coming to something new and getting all excited about it. And then even the feedback that you guys get off your episodes. But out of all of the groups or pages that I belong to, the GGTMC page is my favorite. And the reason why it's my favorite is because of the people who participate in it. Yeah. Yeah, we're all very friendly. And uh, we know a lot of those people, right? I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, that's that's the sweet thing about it. I mean, I was just up there, you know, six weeks ago or whatever, and some folks that I've only met through that page, I met in person. And for me, it's just like meeting somebody I've known my whole life. It's the strangest experience. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, you automatically know you have all these things in common because, you know, we've yeah. we've yeah. seen these movies and, yeah. you know, you bring up a movie and I've seen it like we instantly have a connection and we can talk about something. So one of the most touching things I've ever heard, I heard six, six or seven weeks ago when I was up there, I heard Brandy talking to my son and he said, you see all these guys walking around here? And my son was like, yeah. And he goes, these guys are all friends because of your dad. And I was like, oh man, it's kind of sweet. It's true. It's totally it's a very true. nice thing to say. Yeah. You're at the center of it. Yeah. So, but I, you know, I never think of myself. You're like a big son. I always think of Brandy as the friend maker. I mean, we we're all friends with Randy, so we know what we're talking about here. Randy's the guy that puts everybody together. Still uh, wondering if Randy is my friend or not. <laughs> <laughs> you better say some nice things about some of the movies he likes, or else know, you're not I getting know. a Christmas card. I know. Uh, Troy, what do we have coming up on our show? Well, first of all, 
go back. We have coming up on our show, Troy. No, no. Listen, <laughs> before we get to that, you got to go back and listen to the last episode because we had a bunch of guests on and we did a little Korean cinema one-on-one and there were so many great recommendations. And we talked about one of my favorite films, uh, 2017's The Outlaws with none other than Don Lee. So check that episode out. And then next week, it's a double feature, right, Brad? Double Our first double feature, I believe we haven't done. Yeah, first double feature. Is it? I'm sure. I feel like we've done accidentally double features. Yeah, but, but this, this is, is like our formal, first build. Our formal. Double feature. Yeah. Yes. We're, uh, so next month we're doing, and I know this is weird, we're doing video games. So most video game movies don't bomb. They're they're huge successes and critically everybody <laughs> the loves critics them. Critics love them. Critics yes. love them. So what we did is we found four that slipped through the cracks that weren't successful and critics weren't very kind <laughs> to. I know that's the weirdest thing. You may not have heard of these films. The the first double feature we're doing is Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yeah, so Mortal Kombat actually was a success, successful movie, but critically uh, critically not loved at, at the that time second, of its release i, I yeah. think i think people have yeah around, yeah yeah it's aged quite well the second one has is the inverse of that it has not <laughs> aged at all it was bad when it came out uh anyway uh so we're doing mortal kombat <laughs> video game films are interesting when you think about it they bomb constantly do what and yet <laughs> and yet the studios just do not give up because they just think sooner or later they're going to hit. They're well, gonna if, hit you, if you think about it, it's like it. you can – we suffered through bad comic book movies for such a long time. And one would kind of hit. You'd get your Superman. And then you'd get your Batman 89. And then you'd have to wait a while. Then you get Spider-Man. And then yeah, – so yeah. they're, they're trying that because if it's successful, just think if they made a good Halo movie. Like that would be – it'd be huge and they could make 10 of them, um, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and it would be such a big property. So I, you know, they're, they're going to keep trying because at, at some point in time, one will stick. Um, and they've, they've made some that are pretty good. Like that new Tomb Raider film I thought was pretty good. Um, there's been some newer ones that have been a little bit better. Um, yeah. I didn't mind the Far Cry movie. Oh, the Uwe Boll. We're, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not no, you're right, Sammy. That actually was pretty deep. So I didn't even know it was an Uwe Boll film because I yeah. saw the trailer and then I watched the yeah. film. I'm like, that's pretty. And then you see it's directed. You're like, ooh, he got me. Yeah, you go a long way back into our show's history. I think me and Miles from Show Show did a, we covered Far Cry on the show <laughs> 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Have you ever seen Postal before? No. Not Postal. Yeah. I've seen his other uh, crazy House of the movie, Dead. Uh, I've seen Rick that one. Yeah, I've seen House of the Dead. I've seen Rampage. I've seen the one with Burt Reynolds as a wizard. Oh, Dungeon Siege. <laughs> Dungeon Siege, yeah. <laughs> Jason Statham. I it's pretty good. I know. That's like two uh, and a half yeah. hours long, too. Look, Uwe Boll's not a great filmmaker, but he's not the worst filmmaker ever. I, I, I'll say Oh, that. I'll like... Say. Yeah, whoever, yeah, whoever did that Dr. Detroit movie is the worst filmmaker ever. <laughs> That's terrible. Same director, same director as Bad News Bears in training. <laughs> oh, God. I just drank a bunch of crystals called vodka. <laughs> That's my Dana Aykroyd. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't know why I liked that movie so much growing up. I think it was the secret identity thing of it. I Look, you need to revisit that thing and then. No, maybe I don't. Maybe no, I, yeah. I want to no, hold on you, to my. You might want to like reevaluate some life choices. <laughs> I'm debating That's... that now with the Metal Storm disc I just bought. Oh, God. Oh, boy. I did get a 3D so, disc for that, by the way. Oh, 3D. Cool. Oh, and you can find us at notabombpodcast.com. That yeah. stuff. Yeah. And you can send us uh, feedback at notabombpod at gmail.com. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening, um, playing along with us, uh, listening to our normal show, listening to Sammy's show. Um, you have a finite number of hours in a day, in a week. Uh, we're glad that you decided to spend it with us. Um, on that note, thank you, everyone. Troy, Sammy. Adios. Adios. See you, Space Cowboy.